writing in particular reminds me, oh yeah, I'm a human and mm. I experience these heavy and dark emotions too and I don't know it all. It is through feeling the heaviness and embracing that and accepting that part of me that allows me to show up as an embodied leader. Welcome to the Live Your Art Podcast. Casual conversations with creative individuals to help you unchain your inner artist. My name is Theo Zagragan. I'm a creativity coach, artist, and director, and I am on a mission to uncover the hidden keys to thriving as a creative. So join me on this journey to discover how you too can live your art. Welcome back to the Live Your Art Podcast. Oh baby, oh man, welcome to season two. Boy, am I ever excited to be back. Before we hop into this very special episode, there are a couple really exciting announcements that I wanted to mention to you. First of all, those of you who've been following along may be aware that I've recently started hosting free weekly group creativity sessions via Zoom, where creatives of all mediums and all skill levels come together and create alongside each other. I decided to start doing this because I recognize that one of the hardest things to do as an aspiring artist or creative is to actually create deliberate time to explore the things that we're passionate about because life always seems to be getting in the way. So that's why I've carved out two blocks of time weekly for you to explore, experiment, play and create alongside a group of people who are doing the exact same thing. It has been so inspiring and beautiful to witness the creative breakthroughs and the creative gifts that are expressed within this really intimate community setting that is so accepting of individuality. If this resonates with you, if you're interested in that, I highly, highly recommend signing up. You can do that by clicking the link in the show notes right now. Don't wait on it. Don't procrastinate on it. Pause the episode right now. Click the link in the show notes and sign up. It's worth it. Trust me. Secondly, another exciting announcement is the release of our first ever merch line designed by yours truly. This is a collection of vibe-tastic apparel, accessories, home decor, and more. If you're looking to add just a little bit more spice and creative sauce into your life, it's also a great way to support the podcast. So if you support the Live Your Art mission to help ignite creative freedom worldwide or just want to help me put food on my table, tap the link in the show notes of this episode and grab yourself some wicked cool Live Your Art merch. Now, without further ado, let's hop right into this super special episode of the Live Your Art podcast. Our opening guest is a powerhouse. She's a firecracker, a conscious leader, a holistic healer with an incredible gift with the written word. She also just so happens to be the love of my life. Party people, put your hands together for Odetta Casa. 
Odetta, whom I frequently refer to as Dedaboo, is an online holistic health coach, yoga instructor, breathwork facilitator, and writer. Since getting hospitalized for an eating disorder that nearly took her life just over 10 years ago, Odetta has devoted her life to helping women heal their relationships with food, their bodies, and themselves. Through a vast array of modalities ranging from breathwork, hot cold therapy, yoga, meditation, journaling, strength training, nutrition coaching, and more, compounded by her bachelor's of kinesiology from U of T and over seven years in the health and fitness industry, she creates powerful programs to help her clients develop radical self-love. Can you tell that I'm really attracted to her? What a lot of people don't know, however, is that she is also a really talented writer and poet. This episode is an exploration of the power of the written word, writing, creativity, and expression in the process of personal growth and healing. We also dive into the conversation of the power of vulnerability and honesty in leadership. You'll also learn in this episode some really powerful takeaways around how to bring more joy, ease, flow, and play into your life, all the while laughing alongside us as we vibe out. So without further ado, I introduce to you, Odetta Casa. Welcome to the Live Your Arc podcast. Just a heads up, folks, there will probably be quite a bit of flirting. (laughs) <laughs> there will probably be some tension in the room. <laughs> I no apology. He, no apologies for it. I think he has a crush on me. I have, guys, don't tell Odetta, <laughs> but I think she's super hot. Like it's crazy. It's like overwhelming. <laughs> like I know we live together and have traveled together, and like <laughs> we've totally made out many times but like don't tell her that i said this okay guys (laughs) (laughs) all right here we are here we are finally finally it's it's been a long time coming we've been trying to plan this for a while Mm -hmm. and i had to wait until season two to make my grand entrance onto the podcast of course yeah there is no better way to reintroduce the podcast than to bring my favorite artist onto the podcast Yes, me? Mm-hmm. You know, a year ago, I don't think you would have considered yourself an artist, would you? Not at all. No. I would have considered myself creative. Like, I always liked doing creative things. And I always thought I was a creative person. Mm. But I thought that the label artist was for, I guess, people who do it professionally. Like, musicians and best-selling authors and painters um so i didn't think that that was something i could identify myself as Mm. which is interesting because i've identified as an athlete my whole life even years after i stopped playing sports i still Mm. consider myself an athlete an athletic person Mm. but artist is something that i never really considered myself being until I met you and we started Mm -hmm. talking about art a lot and what it means to be an artist and what it means to be a creative and then I was like hold on a minute hold up if I look at my track record I've been making art my whole life Mm -hmm. so why shouldn't I call myself an artist Mm -hmm. so that was really 
um, an eye-opening experience for me, for sure. Mm -hmm. So what is your track record? The main... The main art form that I gravitated towards ever since I was little is writing. Mm. I wrote in my very first journal when I was six years old. I remember my parents gave it to me as a gift and it was this tiny little gold journal with a locket because I was writing (laughs) all my deep, dark, personal secrets at the age of six and I didn't (laughs) want anyone to see it. Um, (laughs) And I still have it. I look back on it Mm. and laugh. What kind of secrets were in there? Today at school, I did cartwheels with my friend Emily on the playground. No one can know that. (laughs) So I started writing in a journal when I was six. Mm -hmm. And then I think I started writing poetry. I'm going to say I was maybe eight. And I think my very first poem was about bullying. Mm. Because I was trying to make sense of what was happening in my life and what I was feeling from being bullied at school and the best way I knew how to do that naturally. Like nobody told me, try writing a poem to express yourself. I just, Mm. it just came out. Mm. And then I just started continuing writing poetry. Again, it was never something that I learned about, never something that people told me about. I didn't even know it was called poetry. I just Mm. started writing in that format and I haven't stopped. So, like, what, what was the format like? It was more of a, of a story of expressing how I feel. So, a lot of my poetry taps into my darker emotional side, where I'm trying mm-hmm. to make sense of what I'm feeling or experiencing in my life through prose, mm. I guess. I wrote a lot of poetry when I was struggling struggling with my eating disorder so mm-hmm. I wrote a bunch about that writing was really the only way that I could make sense of my internal world and I felt so much better when I got it out of me and put it on paper mm. and I think that because I was writing the safety of my journal and nobody was seeing it I couldn't be judged by anyone I mm. couldn't there was nobody or nothing I could compare myself to it was literally this safe space for me to write anything and everything about how I was feeling, what was going on in my life. Mm. It didn't need to be perfect. It could be messy. And being me struggling with perfectionism my whole life, that was really my one place where I felt like I didn't have to be perfect, where Mm. I could be messy, where I could explore and um, create and express and just be myself with myself. So at this point in my life, I have stacks and stacks and stacks of journals. I think I'm going to keep them for the rest of my life. I will never throw them away because Mm. they are my heart and soul. And going back to them and seeing everything that I've experienced and everything I've gone through, um, it really shows me, you know, my resiliency Mm. and Mm. my creative expression. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So I know that like we've been talking a lot about the concept of duality within ourselves where there's this side of us that's you know we're both coaches mm-hmm. we both um, we're really passionate about leadership mm-hmm. we're passionate about helping people live beautiful lives yeah. and that role with it comes a lot of you know 
there there's a need to be to be bright to shine mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. you know a lot of people talk about like the power of positive thinking mm-hmm. and the power of positivity as someone who is in a position of leadership mm-hmm. who helps women with reclaiming their power what role does art slash you know these dark this dark expression play into that that's such a powerful question i love that question (laughs) and it does really touch on the idea of duality like you mentioned the light and dark parts of ourselves and i think in the world that we live in today there can be a lot of toxic positivity and i see so much of it on social media Mm. like write down your goals believe you can do it love yourself thrive 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 and which is important it's so important that in and of itself isn't toxic no it it isn't it is neglecting the other side of you Mm. if you only focus on that if you only focus on the light and Mm. i don't think i could be a source of positivity and inspiration for other people if it wasn't for my vulnerability of my dark side Mm. so i've always been someone who naturally shared what i was going through in my life um on social media ever since Instagram first started back in my Tumblr days for anybody out there who was on on Tumblr back in like 2010 um, (laughs) I always shared the difficult parts of my life again not because anybody told me to or I was trying to be an influencer and like Mm. I didn't I didn't approach it from that intention I approached it from this place of I know I'm not the only one struggling with this Mm. and if my words can help someone else feel less alone, then I'm going to share them. And so I felt naturally called to be very open with my struggles and my experience and my depression, anxiety, my eating disorder. And even to this day when I'm you know, supposed to be this love and light coach and healer, I also want to show people that I'm human. Mm. And I think that I can put a lot of pressure on myself to show up as this perfect coach Mm. and art and writing in particular reminds me oh yeah I'm a human and Mm. I experience these heavy and dark emotions too and I don't know it all Mm. and I don't have all the answers Mm. and approaching my work from that place one keeps me humbled and two allows me to connect so much more with people Mm. Um, because wherever you are in your healing journey, her journey, you're never done. There's always kind of more to explore about yourself. Mm. So when I allow myself this space to write and to get dark and heavy sometimes and to create poetry, it gives me permission uh, to feel the entire spectrum of my emotions, not just the love and light part of me. And it also shows me that the entire spectrum of my emotions are valid. That I'm not only loved as a human being because of my positivity, but also I am loved because of my struggle and my pain. And again, that is a reason why I share it. Mm. Um, So I think a lot of people can get caught up in just the positivity and they neglect this these uh, deeper feelings within themselves because they are very uncomfortable to feel. Like mm-hmm. I cry a lot when I write my poetry because mm-hmm. I'm bringing things up to the surface that yes, it would be easier if I just shut my notebook and go distract myself mm-hmm. and not feel the heaviness. Right. But it is through feeling the heaviness and embracing that and accepting that part of me that like, yeah, I'm an emotional person. I get really sad and anxious sometimes that allows me 
to show up as an embodied leader. Mm. <laughs> snap, snap. Yeah, she was. I she, snapped myself. She, for that. she was just like, Ooh! she was like hyping herself. I gotta up. hype myself up. Damn, <laughs> that's my girlfriend, guys. Fuck. Um, wow, 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 wow. So. When you when you go stretches of time without writing poetry, mm. I've noticed that has an effect on you, right? Mm-hmm. What would you say not writing does to you? When I go long periods of time without writing, I am so confused with my emotional state. I am mm. less able to pinpoint what I feel and why I feel it. I feel very scattered in my mind. Like there's a million TV stations all playing at the or radio stations all playing at the same time in my head and I don't have the remote. <laughs> um, I can't make sense of the world around me as well. As well. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning all these lessons, but I am less able to actually internalize them and integrate them into my life. Mm-hmm. So a really big part of my writing, Um, not only my poetry, but just, you know, my daily journaling is reflecting on how I feel, what's going on in my life, lessons I'm learning. Why did I show up in this way? Why did I react in this way? What's actually going on underneath the surface? So when I don't write, I feel all of this just heaviness and gunk inside of me and it's stuck and it has nowhere to go. So writing is my way of letting it out of my brain and my body Mm. and putting it together in a way that makes sense for me. I'm like, okay, that's why I reacted that way to Mm. that situation. Like, oh, this is why I've been feeling really tired in my life. It's because of this or that. And through that, I'm able to grow as a person. It's a really big part of my personal development Mm. to reflect and be able to articulate to myself what's happening in my life Mm. through the written word Mm. i've tried to do it on voice notes and stuff and you know that could work for some people i know it works for you you take a lot of voice notes but for me the act of physically writing it it just taps into this i guess subconscious part of my brain that allows me to get really deep within myself Mm. Mm. and some people could paint some people could make music yeah yeah it's beautiful so let's go back in time Mm. to when we started hanging out you didn't consider yourself an artist at this point you started dating me huh talk to us about your artistic journey since that point because i think since then you've really opened your mind up to the possibility of writing professionally yeah and i know that there's been a lot of challenges along that path Mm-hmm. around that because for a while writing to you was just for you mm-hmm. so as I mentioned I've been writing since I was six and my dream when I was a kid as every kid I had a million things I wanted to do when I was younger from a marine biologist to a princess <laughs> and you're definitely one of those two things <laughs> Yeah, the marine biologist. Yeah. yeah. You're really good at swimming. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the one thing that has been consistent my whole life that I told myself I was going to do, I'm like, I'm going to write a book someday. I'm going to be an author mm. um, throughout my whole life. I'm like, I don't care what I end up doing as a career, because in my head you couldn't be 
a full-time author. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that. I was like, I don't care what I end up doing. I'm going to write a book one day. Um, and like you said, writing for me was just for me. It was a hobby. It was a way to express myself. It was a way to um, understand my emotions. When we started dating, I was in a shift in my career where I was really thinking about my purpose and kind of what I came on this earth to do and and really trying to tap into my heart. Mm. And when I decided I wanted to start my own business, I started looking back at all of my journals um, and my planners and just the box of, of writing that I had collected over my, over my years. And I was reading some of the journal entries and, and I thought to myself, I'm like, Oh, I, I actually have a lot to say. Like this stuff is really valuable. And I had this aha moment where I thought to myself, this shouldn't be in a box in my closet. Mm. Like this can really, really help somebody. And I actually, through my own experience, and my own struggles and my own journey, I'm like, I have a lot to say here. Mm-hmm. And I remember that day, I sent you a voice note, if you remember. And I was like, this is it, Theo. This is it. And I was like pointing to my journal. I'm like, this is, this is what I meant to do. Mm-hmm. And that kind of opened up this part of me that I had never really acknowledged before. Mm. Of, wow, I, I could actually be a writer and... and and I could actually help people through my words. And it's, it's no longer just about me, but it's my writing and my poetry and my experiences are now tied into this could actually help a lot of people. Mm. So it turned mm. from a me thing into a, a we thing. Mm. And then cue the fear immediately <laughs> because I thought to myself, oh my God, I'm going to have to get even more vulnerable than I already have been. I'm going to have to share these personal entries and lessons and stories and poems that were supposed to be just for me. And now, and now the whole world's going to see them like, Oh my God, no way. Completely naked. Completely. You're not hiding. Yeah. And I'm sure that every author has experienced this fear before they started writing. Um, and every artist too. Yeah. Um, because being an artist means breaking down that wall, taking off that mask and completely being vulnerable because the art that we create is vulnerable. The art that we create has a meaning, has a message. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether or not someone's trying to be vulnerable with it, they're saying something at the end. They're always saying something. It's a form of expression. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so scary. Yeah. So once I realized this and, you know, with the, with the conversations that you and I have had and seeing the work that you did, I, I started thinking to myself, okay, could I be an artist? Am I, am I an artist? Mm. Am I a writer? Like, can I even call myself that even though I haven't published a book? Can I call myself an artist even if I've never made art in my head? I've never made art even though I had an entire box of stories that said otherwise. Yeah, and paintings and, and drawings. Yeah. Because you can do both of those things really well, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a very creative, creative kid. Yeah. 
really what you taught me is to embrace this side of myself and to mm. to really find the beauty in my journey and the beauty in my experience and, and my my words and kind of break down the blocks and the fears that were stopping me from sharing them with the world. And I'm still working on that because it's so damn hard. It's so damn hard. Yeah. Yeah. What's the hardest part for you? For me, it's not even a fear of judgment. Like, I don't think I'm going to be judged if I share. It's just the vulnerability is terrifying. What Mm. am I scared of? Yeah, what are you scared of? What am I scared of? (laughs) That no one will care. Ooh. And I know that you've talked about this a lot oh. on your journey. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, it's not the fear of being judged. It's the fear that I'll hear crickets when I post a story mm-hmm. or when I launch, when I publish a book one day, no one will buy it because mm-hmm. then that shows to me, oh, wait, maybe my experiences actually aren't as important as I thought they were. And you start to down downplay your yourself and and undervalue your your true self your true self truest you're like this is who i am this is exactly who i am this is my heart yeah and no one gives a flying shit a flying shit yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) that's scary and i've experienced you know little pieces of that here and there especially on instagram because the algorithm changes every day and you post something and you're like oh well nobody's engaging with it like does that mean it's dumb like Mm. does nobody care am i being too emotional that's a huge one for me Mm. too i'm being too emotional right right that people want positivity and light yeah but i'm just out here spewing my darkness nobody wants to see that Mm. Mm. so that's been the biggest fear for me is that no one will care Mm -hmm. and that will really impact my (laughs) self-esteem Right. Because right. finding the courage to get up and share these deep parts of yourself is one of the hardest things you can do. Mm-hmm. And if you have find the courage to do that and nobody listens, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, well, I could have just kept my writing to myself and been happy. Mm-hmm. But I had to go and share it with the world. Mm-hmm. I can relate to that a lot. I know, As I you know. Yeah, we've talked about As it a lot. Know. Yeah, we have. Yeah. I go long periods of time without let's say posting on social media because the belief in my head is i have nothing important to say Mm. no one's gonna listen nobody cares you know what's interesting though is so you remember that video you posted it was the 10-year anniversary of you being hospitalized yeah for anorexia yeah right that was this december december 20th right yeah so the 10-year anniversary it was a very very emotional day for you yeah and you recorded a video of yourself just expressing that right and you you posted it on tiktok which was new to you you didn't really have any followers on there and you posted it on instagram where you have plenty of followers Mm -hmm. right and the exact same video (laughs) why don't you share the numbers of of what kind of happened there um, I think on Instagram, it was mainly viewed by, you know, people who I knew, my yeah. friends, coworkers, family, stuff like that. I don't remember how many views it got, um, but it was maybe like a thousand or something. Yeah, which is still great. Yeah. And yeah. then on TikTok, somehow it ended up getting like nearly 80,000 views. Yeah. And 
like 400 comments yeah. and like 20,000 likes. And I, and I was like, what is going on? Yeah. And I didn't post that with the intention of going viral or whatever. Yeah. I'm just like, I need to do this for myself. I just need yeah. to, sh- I need to tell somebody that this is like a huge milestone for me. Yeah. And everybody who commented on that video, a lot of them were girls and women who are struggling with eating disorders. And I was like, oh my God, this matters to people. I was yeah. just talking to the wrong audience mm-hmm. for a long time. On the time. wrong platform. On the wrong platform. Yeah. So that really opened up my eyes to think that my words do matter and my experience mm-hmm. does matter. It just has to find the right people. And yeah. the right people have to find me. Yeah. Yeah. And the only way they can do that is if I post and yeah. allow yourself to allow be myself to be vulnerable. Heard. Yeah. yeah. I think Still it, scary. Yeah, totally. Even after that. Totally. And I think another important point to make is like the thought like nobody cares can really hold us back. But I think something that I learned, a really big lesson for me was I care. Yeah. And that's enough. And if you care, that's enough reason to post something. Yeah. Right? To express something. Whether or not it's on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, the internet, it's worthy of being expressed because you care. Right? Yeah. And whether or not it gets received does not define whether or not it's important or define whether or not it matters. That's true. Because you can post it on Instagram and maybe, quote unquote, nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And you post the exact same thing on a different platform, and then suddenly everyone cares. Yeah. It's the same message, and it still matters either way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think those numbers can definitely play with our worthiness and our belief in our own expression mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. It's, it's hard to not get caught up in the numbers. Yeah. It is really tough. Yeah. Even if you... Tell yourself that you care. It's when you see those numbers. I don't know. It's just, it's It's hard. hard. Yeah. It's super hard. Yeah. It, the only choice you have though, is to hold on to that though. Right. Like it's, it's either you let the numbers dictate it. Yeah. Or you hold on to that belief of like, well, I care. So I'm going to keep going. Yeah. At least that's my perspective on it. Damn. Damn. My life's changed right now again. (laughs) I think another really difficult part of my journey has been perfectionism, which I know, Mm. again, you talk a lot about Mm -hmm. as an artist, and I know a lot of artists struggle with it too, Um, but that plays into my ability to show up on social media and share anything, Mm. because I just, I guess, deep down feel like it needs to be perfect, or it's not good enough, or it's messy or yeah I that I struggle Mm. with that too a lot still Mm -hmm. artists can strive to create like perfect work right yeah and sometimes that's a powerful thing maybe they're creating a masterpiece that they want to perfect yeah right excellence when you describe perfectionism is that what the pursuit is or what is it to you perfectionism to me is not even an end goal it's this arbitrary thing that you can literally never ever reach because Mm. it comes from a place of not enoughness like this Mm. is not good enough Mm. and even if you keep working on it keep working on it keep working on it 
there will always be something that you can pick out as not good enough. Mm. So wh- when does it end? It literally never does. Mm. And again, this is a concept I've been fighting in my head my whole life. And logically, I know this. But in practice, it's really hard mm. to overcome. Mm. And I know that from my personal experience, my perfectionism comes from that feeling of not good enough, which mm. I have felt my whole life. I've been very, a very high achiever, really hard on myself, worked really hard, straight A student when I was younger. Mm. I come from an immigrant family and that's pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always felt this external pressure to be perfect. And so I internalized it and then I started being my worst critic mm-hmm. in everything. Mm-hmm. My body image, how I looked, my clothes, how I talked, how I showed up on social media, my writing, the art I make, it pops up everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely a lot better at fighting it now than I used to be, mm-hmm. um, but it still shows up in a lot of areas of my life and, and kind of stops me from feeling super confident in who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I think really that's what it comes down to is feeling confident in your own uniqueness, like who you are fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Has art helped you with that? A lot. Sometimes when I'm feeling really frustrated or angry and I just can't write anything, I just scribble on the page and I, I write like curse words in capital letters. You've seen them. I have. <laughs> um, <laughs> And that's just me getting my anger out. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it comes across as writing down what I'm hearing my inner critic say. Mm -hmm. So I'm writing down all of these really nasty things in the same way that I use writing and poetry for to like just get it out of me. Mm. Because if it's in my head and I have no way of getting it out, I'm going to hear it all day long. So at least if I write it on paper and I scribble and I write curse words all over... At least it's out of my head and mm-hmm. somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so sometimes it looks like that. Sometimes fighting my perfectionism means literally allowing my inner critic to spew its nastiness on yeah. paper, and then I can go off and do whatever I want with my day. Yeah. And that is art. There you go. Right. That is art because that's You're, expression. Yeah. That's how I feel. Yeah. Totally. I feel like I'm not good enough. I feel like my art is shit. I feel yeah. like this, and it's just. You're using that inner critic to create. Yeah. When you're doing that. You're taking what it's throwing at you and you're using it to make something. Yeah. How cool is that? It does help. I still sometimes feel like when I show up to write, especially poetry, that it has to be perfect. Mm. Again, what is perfect? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. But it has to be like a great poem. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes I write poetry and I'm like, oh, I love that. I don't know where it came from, but Mm -hmm. it's perfect and it's mine and it's beautiful. And then sometimes I write poetry and I'm like, this makes no sense. I have no idea what I was trying to say. It sounds like a second grader wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) But I showed up and I wrote something anyways. But then when I read it, I'm I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Damn, this second grader is smart as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> now, something... Speaking of second grader... Yeah. You often talk about the inner child. I and do. And the wisdom of the inner child. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, so yeah. So that second grader who wrote it could be providing us some really interesting insight that maybe our critical adult brain doesn't quite understand. Totally. Right? Yeah. Big fan of inner child. 
work connecting mm. with your inner child. The inner child and your inner artist is the same person. Mm. It's that creative, expressive, curious, open-hearted, imaginative, messy, messy mm-hmm. part of ourselves that we very often as adults completely suppress because we have to grow up and get a real job mm-hmm. and be serious and be responsible. Have responsibilities, yes. And that's so sad. Mm. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. Because that curious, emotional, artistic, childlike part of ourselves exists in every single person. Because mm-hmm. everyone was a kid. Everyone was every a kid. Every single human being you've ever met was a kid once. And children have this incredible intelligence that we lose as adults. Well, we don't lose it. We don't lose it. You're we, right. We, um... We suppress well, it it yeah. kind of gets lost in the noise of our day-to-day life we, we don't listen to it we don't we, we don't, don't listen to it. we don't it. nurture we it. don't honor it and we don't nurture it we don't see that second graders expression as equally valuable to an adult yeah but the beautiful thing that children can do that adults have trouble doing is allowing ourselves to feel the entire spectrum of our emotions and have that be okay and create from that place and imagine and dream yeah like when children show up to a blank piece of paper and they just start scribbling they don't look at it and say that that's not good enough that's ugly i suck they're just like it's a parrot it's a parrot oh i love it okay on to the next thing yeah and they're they're just so completely present with what they're doing and they're not ever judging their work because they're playing yes and that's something that adults don't do very often is we don't let ourselves play (laughs) yeah art and creativity and a lot of joy in life comes from playing yes and we do not as adults give ourselves that time to play Mm. Because we got too many responsibilities. We got Life too gets much in the to way. Do, and Life we're too stressed out all the time. Yeah. And yeah. we just want to sit in front of the TV and binge watch Netflix to forget about how stressful our day was. Yes. Yes. Given your experience now, mm. what do you see as a powerful way to allow ourselves to play? How are some ways that people can bring play into their life? Because I feel like a lot of adults are like, what the fuck do you even mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Okay, two things come to mind. Mm-hmm. One, sitting down and making a list of things that you used to love to do as a kid. Mm-hmm. So kind of getting to the heart of what were the things that you were naturally drawn to as a kid before your adult responsibilities got in the way and you had no time to do them anymore. So maybe you mm-hmm. danced a lot when you were a kid. Maybe you wrote a lot. You painted. Maybe you loved running outside. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. Reading. Reading. Yeah. Just chances are the things that you end up writing on this list are things you don't really give yourself the time to do today. Mm-hmm. So that's a good place to start because that kind of indicates to you what your inner child is really wanting that you are neglecting Mm. so start there Mm -hmm. and then two can you find a block of time maybe starting once a week maybe it could be an hour on a weekend maybe it can even be half an hour or an hour on monday morning from seven eight in your creativity session (laughs) 9am on mondays quick plug quick plug 7 30 p.m to 8 30 p.m on wednesdays go on go on 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could be during those. Times. I wonder why I created those blocks of time for people. There you go. Mm. Creating a block of time in your schedule to intentionally play. And maybe some people listening to this are, is like, well, well, what would I do? One, you have that list that you wrote down of things you used to love. So maybe explore some of that. Maybe mm. read a book for 30 minutes. Maybe just like stare at a blank piece of paper and like scribble for 30 minutes. Yeah. It, it's like you don't have you don't have to make anything that's oh my god like, like a masterpiece. No pressure. There's, the same way there's, there's no, no pressure, pressure on the kid. Exactly. Yeah. They don't have any pressure. Yeah. But carving that time out for yourself means you're committed to nurturing this inner child within you, nurturing your artist mm-hmm. within you. And everybody has the time in there. I don't care how busy you are. You can find you five can minutes. You can create the you time. You make the time. I always say you make the time for things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find more joy in your life, if you want to um, be a little more creative in your everyday life, if you want to explore a hobby that you haven't really done in a long time, if that's what you want, then you will make the time for it. Mm-hmm. It's just how much does it matter to you? If it matters, you'll make the time for it. But what um, would you say to someone that it matters a lot to, but they haven't? They haven't what? Made that time. I'd ask why. Mm. Why haven't you made the time? And a lot of people say, well, because I'm too busy. Well, too because busy. I'm too stressed. Yeah. Well, because of this and because of that. And I would say that carving that time out of your week could actually really help you with your stress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You'll probably become less stressed because yeah. your inner child is actually being taken care of. Yeah, maybe that's why you're stressed. Maybe it's because you're not playing. Mm, what a concept. Yeah, I need to include some more playtime in my life recently. Mm. I haven't been playing as much as I, I would like. So mm-hmm. this is a good reminder for me to also make that time for myself mm-hmm. to get messy and creative. You know what I'm thinking of right now? Mm. Thinking of our our first paint nights. The day you fell in love with me? Yeah, actually, the day that I fell in love with Odetta. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm swiveling around on my on this chair like a little kid um, because I'm having fun because I'm nurturing my inner child by creating this podcast right now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but yeah the day I fell in love with Odetta was actually a paint night, a paint night. Um, we hadn't even started dating yet nope I fucking felt so deeply in love with this woman the the day that I saw her in a new light yeah because okay describe who you were at this point <laughs> I was a boxing instructor, a hit instructor, running outdoor classes. I was just on my grind all the time. I was teaching maybe like 15 classes a week and I was exhausted, running all over the city. And outwardly, I was this really high energy, fun, positive, inspiring, enthusiastic, like fitness instructor that could punch the shit out of a bag. And I felt, Mm -hmm. or I looked very powerful and strong. Mm But inside, I was so exhausted, so tired, so depleted energetically. Didn't really have much time for myself because I was working so much. Didn't have time to write or play with my inner child or any of that. Um, and that's kind of who, who you met when, when we first met. Mm-hmm. And so when 
you suggested having a paint night together i was like oh my god yeah i haven't painted in forever mm -hmm. that would be so much fun mm -hmm. and we did and i remember i was going through a really difficult time at this point in my life i was just like a lot of heaviness a lot of exhaustion a lot of emotions a lot of perfectionism and i remember staring at that blank canvas and thinking i have no idea what to make and then theo <laughs> Okay, I'm very much a planner, so I wanted to like draw something, plan out what I was gonna make, where I was gonna put what colors. And Theo just goes ahead, takes a random color it's and pink. like it was pink, it was pink yeah. and squirts like a giant blob of paint in the middle of my canvas. <laughs> and that was my worst nightmare. I was like, what am I supposed to do with that? And he's like, I don't know, go explore. And so I took green paint and I squirted a blob of paint on his canvas. And I was like, okay, you do the same thing. And you were like, all right, I will. And he, you know, it was easy for him to like play with that paint. But me, I just stared at that blob of pink for a while. I'm like, I don't know what to do with you. Then I remember Theo saying, just like get messy, just like play, make it into something. And I was like, okay. So I started just, blah scribbling on the canvas yeah. and yeah. putting colors together and and I remember thinking like I don't like this I didn't like it because it was messy mm. because I'm very much a person that like colors inside the lines I or like you've been that I've person. been that person yeah. that I used to like clean sharp lines symmetry just everything perfect 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 so on my canvas it was just this like blend of all these different colors and I'm like I don't know what this is mm -hmm. but we're rolling with it and mm -hmm. I remember feeling extremely frustrated but that was the first time you really pushed me outside of my comfort zone mm. in that way creatively. creatively yeah creatively I was yeah. so mad at you but I was also like alright like it's not that big of a deal Yeah. and my painting was called Duality Duality just funny because we mentioned Duality the duality today. light yeah. and dark yeah yeah and I feel like that's that paint blob on your perfect canvas is very similar to how our relationship is. You know, you've, you've really helped me with like creating, let's say sharper lines <laughs> in yeah. my life, whether it's, you know, on a canvas or in just in, in our day to day, Yeah. you know, like the way that I live. Yeah. And I've definitely helped you like embrace, embrace the drip, the drip. embrace the drip. That has been something that I've kept with me for a very long time it came because when we went to Costa Rica together mm. we had the opportunity to create um, a mural mm -hmm. and you made a vive tu arte, vive tu arte. Vive tu arte. Live, your live your art in Espanol um, and I remember Theo was spray painting this and he got too close to the wall so some of the paint started to drip and he was like I'm just going to roll with it I'm going to embrace the drip Mm -hmm. and now I always have that in the back of my head I'm like okay it's okay embrace the drip like if I'm if I'm painting and I accidentally drop a splatter of paint on the canvas I'm like I didn't ruin it mm -hmm. it's not ruined I just have to work with it. work with what just happened I'm gonna embrace the drip so you've definitely helped me a lot with my perfectionism in that regard like if something kind of comes up in my everyday life that wasn't planned or wasn't 
aka perfect Mm -hmm. how can i work with that and just like make it work Mm -hmm. how can i embrace the drip it's Mm -hmm. a really powerful lesson you've taught me since we started dating Mm -hmm. yeah wow yeah Damn. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like we're soulmates. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything else you want to express to the Live Your Art community before we close off and make out aggressively? (laughs) (laughs) I guess in summary of everything we talked about today, nurture your inner child, Mm -hmm. nurture that inner artist, and try to find the beauty and the joy in the everyday especially if you live in Canada and again we can get really caught up in the hustle and grind mentality that in order to be worthy you have to achieve but there's so much more to life than that there's Mm. there's music there's art there's food there's community there's laughter there's pleasure and so taking the time out of your everyday to find the things that really do light you up whether that be through your community through your city or through your art will really really add joy to your life and it's it's good for your overall well-being also i love you theo thank you for having me on the podcast and thank you for being the most amazing boyfriend but partner too Mm. i really feel such a beautiful partnership with you and every day i feel like i have a teammate through Mm. whatever it is i'm going through so i'm really grateful for you and i'm so excited to see all the adventures that we're gonna go on together me too thank you for being my number one supporter and for being such a huge part of why this podcast even exists why live your art even exists why i am the man i am today i love you 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 anything you want to say to the like signing off live your Art. Fart. <laughs> Wait, who said it? Who farted? Was you, it you probably. <laughs> Alright. Bye bye, guys. Love you. Well, there you have it, folks. I hope that this conversation really reminded you the power of honestly expressing yourself to yourself. No matter what you're going through, there is power and beauty in that. And don't forget, to play. Make sure to go check out my boo, Odetta Casa, through the link in the show notes. In the show notes, you will also find a link to the free weekly group creativity sessions, which run on Monday mornings and Wednesday evenings, as well as the link to the Live Your Art merch. And that about does it. I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Live Your Art podcast, and I can't wait to see you soon for episode two of season two. This has been Theo Zagragan. I'm signing off. I love you. Peace.